All of it is supported by Missouri, makers of handcrafted jewelry that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Missouri has you covered. Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Fans of juicy, rollicking, sweet and salty summer reads got a gift this week when New York Times bestselling author Jennifer Weiner's new novel, Big Summer, dropped on Tuesday. The book transports us all to Cape Cod as we follow the story of a young woman named Daphne who reunites with her high school frenemy, Drew. Now, Drew has begged Daphne to be her maid of honor. Why does Drew have to beg Daphne to be in her summer wedding at a mansion on the water? Because Drew is a rich, not nice person, a skinny blonde human without many real friends. She humiliated Daphne years ago by setting up a cruel situation that led to a video that went viral. Drew swears she's a changed woman, but so is Daphne. Once insecure about her place in the world and her weight, Daphne has blossomed into a successful 20-something who's made a mark as a plus-size Instagram influencer. Things get crazy at the wedding, lies are revealed, steamy sex is had, and there's possibly a murder. And through all of it, our heroine Daphne is right there. The book handles a lot of issues. Class, women's depiction in media, self-esteem, the dangers of living life to be posted online. The combination has earned the book glowing reviews, including one calling it, quote, the perfect quarantine read. Jennifer Weiner, welcome to all of it. Thank you so much. That was the best summary of my own book that I've ever heard. <laughs> like, can I can I bring you with me I everywhere will... I go? That was, that was wonderful. That was better than I could have done. It's better than I have done. Wow. I'll email, I'll email it to you. So I, this that was so fantastic. In- so interesting. So this book was already written before your last critically acclaimed book was published. And, and they're very different. The last one, the novel Misses Everything, it spanned 50 years, while most of the action in this book happens in this, this weekend on Cape Cod. So I want to know, as, as a mm-hmm. writer, what can you accomplish by keeping the action so compact? Well, I will tell you, quite honestly, that the initial impulse um, in having the book unfold over basically a long weekend was just to give myself a break because after doing a historical novel that took place over decades and was set in cities where I'd never lived, in eras I, I wasn't born, just a ton of research and this very intricate timeline. And I was just like, you know what? I just want to have some fun and I am going to lean into all of those words that critics sometimes use to describe my books, you know, fizzy and frothy and a romp. And normally I, I can get a little prickly about have being called those things. But this mm-hmm. time I was like, you know what, I am just going to have some fun with this. And in terms of the compression of the timeline, I think that it makes for a very fast moving book because you're not spending years with these people. And even though you are getting to know Daphne through flashbacks, you're, you're really spending this very short period of time with her. So I think you want to you wanna find out how it all ends and see if, you know, see if she comes out on top. Now, did you start out to write a book specifically about summer, or was it intended to be a book about a young woman coming of age during the Internet, or did you just want to tackle mm-hmm. Internet culture? What, what came first? 
I think the friendship came first. Um, so as you said, Daphne is this young woman. Her parents are teachers. She goes to a very fancy private school on scholarship. Um, and that's where she encounters Drew, who is on the low, Ivanka Trump. She is, <laughs> you know, this gorgeous, well-connected, has every privilege, has everything but doesn't really have the the love and support from her parents that Daphne takes for granted. That's the air that Daphne breathes, and Drew doesn't get it. And we see these two women, we, we see Drew almost target Daphne in sixth grade when Daphne shows up at this fancy school and turns Daphne into her henchman and Daphne runs her errands. Daphne breaks mm -hmm. up with guys for her. Daphne does her homework. Daphne covers for her when she shoplifts all for the privilege or is it a privilege of basking in Drew's glow and, and hoping that some of that luster is going to rub off on her. And then she grows up a little bit and, and there's this horrible betrayal that goes viral in, in a way that was, it was painful to write about. It was hard to even imagine going through something like that. I mean, basically she's body shamed. Uh, you know, she has this encounter with a guy and he calls her fat and uh, she stands up for herself and says, you know, hey, I may be big, but that doesn't make me a terrible person. And, you know, I could lose weight, but you're stuck being a, being a jerk forever. And somebody films it and puts it on YouTube and it sort of goes around the world in 10 seconds as those things do. And she has to decide if she's going to hide from this or if she's going to somehow try to own it and use it to figure out a better identity and a better way to be in the world. And that's what she does, which leads her to her life as an Instagram influencer, which was a culture about which I knew nothing and had to like learn because I'm, I'm an old and I don't, I don't know from Instagram, but I learned a lot. I want to read a passage about after that video goes viral, that sort of moment that Daphne realizes that she can do something with this. <clears throat> she, you write mm -hmm. the book. This is from Daphne's voice. It won't last, I told myself. It isn't real. Real was what I could see and touch and smell. This was just pixels moving invisibly through space, mostly bots and strangers who'd never known me in real life. I went back to YouTube where another 83 comments had been posted during my absence. Ignoring them, I'd copied the video and moved it onto my own channel. I'd been using the same image as my social media avatar for the last three years, a picture of two knitting needles stuck in a skein of magneta, magenta yarn. I deleted that shot and replaced it with a screen grab from the video that showed me with my mouth open, one hand extended, finger pointing at the cringing bro, the universal pose of angry lady. My first thought was, you can see my chins. But my next thought, hard on its heels, was, but I look brave, and at least my hair looks nice. I went to my <laughs> biography. Underneath, Daphne Berg, Vanderbilt U, NYC native, happy crafter, I added, fierce fat girl, along with the hashtags, sorry not sorry, and just as I am. I changed the name of my blog from Daphne's Crafty Corner to Big Time. So it's so interesting mm -hmm. that, that the internet was both the source of her pain, but it also turned out to be a source of liberation for her. Yes. Yeah. What is it that you wanted to examine Which about internet culture in that way? So that's something that I think about a lot as somebody who uses the internet and is on social media and as somebody who has daughters who are going to 
my my daughters who've never known a world without the internet and have always sort of had to navigate the divide about your real life versus the life that you perform on all of these platforms. And I guess I, I wanted to talk about the internet and social media as a tool. And like any tools, you can use them to build or you can use them to tear down. And as Daphne learned, when she's on Instagram, like she has this wonderfully supportive community and people who cheer her on and look to her as a role model. And there's also trolls and there's also hate and there's also, you know, how much of it is really real? Like, are these bots? Are these people? Like, am I being attacked by by a real mob or does it just feel that way? And I think that these are things that lots and lots of women in in varying degrees and on different levels are dealing with and, and questions that they're facing every day of their life. And I wanted to think about those questions and, you know, may, maybe suggest some some ways of being. My guest, Jennifer Weiner, the name of her new book is Big Summer. So you mentioned, uh, you know, I'm a fellow Gen Xer, and we're kind of the last generation to to go through adulthood not having lived it online entirely. Yeah. So I'm wondering where your research started when you started thinking about who are influencers, what do they do? And I'm curious how yeah. your opinion changed as you started to do more research. Oh, that's a great question. So I started following a bunch of them, um, specifically women who are influencers in the plus size space, um, fashion bloggers, and and then just sort of some big influencers in general. Um, and, and something that surprised me and something that I learned is like how hard a lot of these women are working for pennies, for like so little money. Um, because I was just like, okay, so like anthropology sends me a dress and I put it on and I take a picture and I post it. And then every time anthropology, you know, somebody buys that dress through my, and they've come through my account, I get some money. And somebody had to like explain to me like, well, there's a little more that goes into it than that. Um, anthropology sends you a link to their website and they give you garments to choose from, but you can only choose from things that are like the very newest things that they want to be selling. And then you have to style the look with pieces that you own yourself, but you have to do it in such a way that people only want to buy the dress and not the shoes and not the headband and not the necklace and not the bracelet, just the dress. And you have to have, um, hopefully, an accommodating Instagram boyfriend who's going to take a million pictures of you and sacrifice any time you guys are having together. Um, one influencer who I spoke to talked about, like, going to the park for a picnic, uh, you know, like a nice romantic outing with her boyfriend, only she had um, garment bags with 10 different outfits that she was planning on changing into and posing, you know, in this beautiful setting. So this poor guy is sitting there with like champagne chilling and, you know, some lovely food and she's running in and out of a porta potty, putting on and wow. taking off clothes so he can take pictures. I mean, it's a nightmare. And the people at the very, very tippy top of the influencer food chain are making a lot of money. And then there is this vast, vast, vast middle of the pyramid. And these people, they just work so hard for 
for very, very little. And it's just, you know, but there's always, I guess, the hope that you could blow up and you could become um, glitter and lasers to name one very, very popular plus size influencer who has a lot of followers and collaborates with very big brands and presumably makes a lot of money. So you know, in your book, you mentioned that you followed a lot of plus side and body positivity Instagram influencers, and you've often written really accurately and sometimes brutally honestly about women and weight issues and acceptability in your book. You know, as someone who's been writing about this for a long time and seen the Internet's influence, what's changed in this world and around these issues that you were able to include in this book? Yeah, that was, that was really one of the biggest questions of Big Summer, because my very first book, my debut novel, Good in Bed, in 2001, was about a plus-size woman sort of enduring some public humiliation and finding her feet and finding her voice. So when I wanted to write and, and revisit some of those issues 20 years later, I had to really think about, like, what is different for young women today? And what's different is, like, a a viral moment can can feel like it's taken over the world in about 30 minutes. It, it can feel, I think, like everyone in the world is laughing at you. And it just it just goes from account to account to account to person to person to person to platform to platform to platform. And there you are just in the middle of that hurricane. However, the other thing that you can access is a whole lot of positivity that did not exist like when you and I were coming up. Like, I can search half hashtag body positivity or hashtag plus size fitness or whatever hashtag and, and be on Instagram and see thousands and thousands of images of pictures of women with bodies like mine exercising and dancing and dating and shopping and eating and doing every single thing just out there, you know, in their bodies, not ashamed, which is something I did not get to see as a young woman. And I learned that our brains process visual visual information different than, like, somebody can say to you, hey, it is okay to be whatever size you are, just be healthy and happy in your own skin. But if you see pictures of women actually doing that, that is going to register in a much more deep and visceral way. So I'm glad that young women have that. I'm glad those images are out there. I'm glad there are positive communities for women to access um, and that there are spaces where they can talk honestly and openly about what it's like. But, you know, if you get one of those mobs coming after you or just even, you know, like Tess Holiday is a plus size model who I follow. And like literally she can post a picture of herself like, in a gym or walking down a street or getting in a, in, in a, like just the most innocuous thing. And somebody will say, you are a drain on our health system. You are going to die and leave your kids motherless. You are a fat, disgusting, you know, just every horrible, cruel, just, you know, you're, you're modeling an unhealthy lifestyle for young women. You should be ashamed of yourself. Like, and it's some plus size influencers will engage with their trolls and say, you know, hey, who hurt you that you think it's okay to talk to me like this? But some of them just ignore, some of them block and move on. I mean, it's really, it's like Instagram gives and Instagram takes away. My guest is Jennifer Weiner, and the name of her new novel is Big Summer. So I'm going to stop talking about the plot right now because 
there's a huge twist in it that uh, is a little bit ripped from the headlines. I think people will, will recognize it when they come <laughs> upon it. So we'll stop talking about that, and I'll mm-hmm. ask you a couple more questions about the release. This release date mm-hmm. for your book was actually pushed up two weeks. You've jumped in, you know, yeah. two feet and reimagined what a book launch looks like. You've been through this before. How have you adapted, and, and what do you think about this new model that might actually work out past past when we get back to old school normal? Oh yeah, like the the pantsless book tour is it really <laughs> should be it's the it's the dream, right? It's like I'm business on top and pajamas down below. It's fantastic. Um, so in terms of the release date, like yes, we were um, at like end of February, early March, like looking at all of the models and predictions that everyone else in the world was looking at, and we were thinking, okay, do we move it later in the summer and hope for the best? Do we? stick with our initial publication date and hope that things are going to be like back to some kind of normal by then? Do we look at 2021? Just lots and lots of conversations. And my thinking was, I wrote this book to give readers an escape. I wrote it to be frothy and fun and just make you feel like you are in Cape Cod and you can smell those bonfires on the beach and you can hear the waves and feel the sunshine. And I wanted to give readers that. And I figured in 2020, like all of our lives are so busy and everything is so noisy. And especially during an election year, there's a lot of noise and a lot of stress. And I thought, I want to give my readers a break from all of that. And I obviously had no idea that there would be also a pandemic sort of piled on in there. But once it became clear that things weren't going to be back to normal anytime soon, I said, let's get people this book as fast as we can. Like we I would have I would have like if I could have pulled a flipped a switch and had the book come out the day after we had that conversation, I would have done it. But, you know, you got to print things, you got to ship things, you got to do all that. But. I wanted to give it to readers earlier. And in terms of the tour, on the one hand, it's been kind of wonderful because I've been able to, through the magic of Facebook and Instagram Live, invite people into my home, into my kitchen, into my dining room. I've done some virtual book clubs in preparation of this launch. And now I'm doing these like tour events where there'll be a host talking to me from someplace and I will be sitting in my office on my little webcam Mm -hmm. and um, it's hard because you can't see the audience you can't hear them and like you're telling a joke and are like are people laughing are they leaving like what's going on (laughs) it's hard not to have that kind of feedback but I can see people as they're asking questions or commenting on the screen and I can I mean I think we're all looking for connection right now we're all in our houses and stressed and scared and uncertain. And I think that any kind of connection, any kind of like, hey, I feel like I'm part of a community, I'm in an audience with other people, we're sharing an experience. I think that's a gift that I can give people right now. The name of the novel is Big Summer. It is by Jennifer Weiner. Jennifer, thank you so much for being with us. This was awesome. Thank you very, very much. Have a good day. All of it is supported by Majuri, makers of handcrafted, ethically sourced jewelry for every day that's made to last. Looking for the perfect Mother's Day present? Majuri has taken the guesswork out of gifting, offering everything from dainty 14K solid gold pieces to pearls, diamonds, gemstones, and more. Make it personal with an engraving, or if you can't decide, check out their curated gift guide. Let them take care of the rest, gift wrapping included. 
Get free shipping on all orders in the U.S. and Canada, plus easy returns and a two-year warranty. Head to Missouri.com slash all of it or use code all of it for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash all of it. 